Hello and welcome to The Earful Runner, a podcast devoted to telling the stories of running in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about events that were totally brilliant, yet tragically canceled. In light of the most recent adjustments to the Run Disney schedule, we thought it would be interesting to go back into the archive of Disney races and check out some of the most popular events from the years past. Speaking of changes to the Run Disney schedule, can you give our listeners a drill down on what's happening with Wine and Dine? Yeah, of course. So if you were registered for Wine and Dine, you've obviously heard by now that the uh, race has gone virtual. Sad, but expected. Um, so if you were registered, you were given the option to either refund your race entirely or switch over to this virtual option, which you are still going to get your shirt and your medal, your bib, and um, uh, like a Disney gift card for the remaining balance, basically. Um, if you were not registered on Thursday, the opportunity to register for the virtual races opened up. I'm not entirely sure if it's still available. I haven't looked. It was like later in the day on th- on Thursday, so it didn't sell out right away. So yeah, that's what is happening with Wine and Dine. You can check out the Run Disney blog. It has pictures of the shirts and the medals, which are really cool. Still in that awesome villain theme that we were very excited about. So yeah, that's the rundown on Wine and Dine. Awesome. And I think we have some dates coming up for people interested in Rival Run for next year, too. Just stuff to circle on the calendar. Yes. 2021 Rival Run registration, DVC and passholder registration is this coming Thursday, August 6th. And general registration is the following Tuesday, August 11th. And I'm going to assume, I don't know, but I'm going to assume based on the last two registrations that they're probably going to sell this one in reduced capacity as well. So if it's really important to you that to run Star Wars, then like make sure you're ready to go at, you know, quarter to 10. Yeah. Make sure you have that credit card handy. You've got the browser window open and you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's awesome. And thanks for bringing us up to speed. And now I think it's time to maybe change course a little bit. Uh, We're heading in a different direction for this main story on the podcast. Yeah, you mean dimension? I think we're switching dimensions, really. It might even be the fifth dimension. You see, today we're that. headed for, da, 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 yes, dramatic pause, the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's no secret that Emily and I love the studios, and this is one of our favorite attractions. And this attraction also has the distinction of having not one, but two different events dedicated to it over the past 20 years. And in this episode, we'll be uncovering the history and fun details of these brilliant yet canceled events. To set the mood, though, Emma's going to kick things off with something we uncovered recently. The very first press release for the original event, the Tower of Terror 13K, which made its debut on October 27th, 2007. We invite you, if you dare, to join us on October 27th, 2007 for a running event that lies beyond the fifth dimension, beyond the deepest, darkest corner of the imagination. Disney Sports is pleased to introduce the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror 13K, which is the first night race in the Endurance Series at Walt Disney World Resort. This race is part of the celebration of the 13th anniversary of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror attraction. Sunset Boulevard, 1994. On a night like this, long ago, a young movie actress named Shirley Malone and her husband checked into the Hollywood Tower Hotel. They laced up their shoes and went on a 13K run. 
knowing little of the nightmare into which their path would be led. For Shirley and her husband disappeared in that, that night into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. The dragging trails of yesteryear are opening again, but this time they are opening for you. In this act, you are the star. What will be your fate as you brave the same past that led Shirley and her husband directly into the Twilight Zone? <laughs> Rock and roll, Em. I think you did. I think you did that amazing. Thank you. Um, so, that was so fun. I, I, I could definitely tell. I was like, no, we're going <laughs> to dig in on this. This is going to be awesome. So, so as Emily mentioned, the very first Tower of Terror race was 2007, featured 3,500 runners, and it was the first night race to take place ever at Disney World. The race started at 9. Runners had to check in at 8. Um, sorry, 9.30. The runners had to check in at 8.30 p.m. And the course actually took runners directly out of the studio, out onto Osceola Parkway, and then back around sort of through the back side of the studios. People came in by uh, Lights Motor Action Stunt Show. They came past the Sorcerer Mickey hat, which was large and in charge in 2007. Uh, they yes, actually... <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And uh, and they ran down Sunset Boulevard, I'm sorry, down Hollywood Boulevard, back up Hollywood Boulevard before continuing down Sunset Boulevard to finish. This 13K distance, which is just a little over eight miles, was also accompanied by a six and a half K untimed um, fun run that took place uh, approximately five minutes after. So they sent all the 13K runners off, and then the six and a half K went off after that. So back in 2007, the big thing in doing the research that we found here was that there just wasn't a ton of entertainment along the course. There were, you know, a couple of photo opportunities with sort of a very light villain Halloween theme overlay to it. But again, with 3,500 runners, which is tiny by any Disney standard, the big thing with the post race was access to the studio. So you could ride Tower of Terror, you could ride the great movie ride. R.I.P. Seriously. Mm. This is just um, making us depressed. Is actually know, what this right? episode yeah, is we, doing to us. We're like, we didn't get to run this really cool race. Cool All race. the things we love in the studios are gone. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie ride. I didn't think about We're it. We're going to end this, like, like, really sad. Oh, <laughs> man. We have to campaign for it to come back. And uh, Star Tours, right? Uh, also the Rock and Roller Coaster by Aerosmith. So there, the post-race party essentially went from, like, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And by all accounts, like you could just walk onto those rides multiple times throughout the course of the evening. You know, you could ride Tower of Terror four or five times, which at that point in time, you know, during a good day, you might be able to get into it twice, you know, unless of course yeah. your friend was a bellhop and then, you know, could help you out with that re-ride there. <laughs> I wish and you guys could never see the face I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never been in the parks that late, it like is a really cool experience. I've one time in my younger years, I had like stayed through magic hours that were like until like 2 a.m. at Magic Kingdom. And it was a really cool like time to be in the park because it definitely like, especially as you got closer to 2 a.m., it kind of like filtered out and you could literally ride. Like we walked on Peter Pan's flight. Like nobody ever walks on Peter Pan's flight. Like that's like. <laughs> so what was that? So what, I'd like to pause on that for a second. So to be in the parks that late. For, for folks that haven't been, what is the mm -hmm. attraction there outside of just being able to walk on rides, which is obviously really cool, but like, what's the vibe like? 
has like a very like Disney after hours kind of vibe. Like like you get the sense that the park is like closed, closed, quote unquote, but you're just like still allowed to be in there, like running around and like having a good time. We had waffles next to the castle at like one thirty in the morning. Like that it's still like amazing. the Magic Kingdom that you know and love. And some things do close like in those extra magic hours. But yeah, we had like waffles next to the castle at like one thirty in the morning. It was a good, it was a good time. We napped in the middle of the day. We had done like Typhoon Lagoon in the morning or Blizzard Beach mm-hmm. or one of those. And then like took our like two o'clock heat nap and then like went back. It's like the middle of August. But yeah, so my extra magic hours, are, if you don't know, are if you have a resort reservation, um, it's either one up to one hour before or three hours after closing, depending mm-hmm. on the park and the day. And only you have to have resort reservation to get into the park. And if it's an after-hours thing, they will check your Magic Band for a resort reservation if you try to get on any rides. So, so lots to recommend being in the park that late, right? You know. Yeah, for sure. Like at least once. Like I think I was like seventeen when I did that, so I don't think I could personally could do it anymore. I would probably require a nap for most of the day. Like I get up at normal yeah. time and then have to sleep from like one to six p.m. and then I think maybe I might have a shot at it. Yeah, like some brave souls I know went to Villains After Hours and then Princess Half the next morning. And I was like, you are brave. So, And it was cold as hell that, oh, that wow. night. It was like 25 mile an hour winds and like felt like it was in the 30s and people like went to Villains After Hours, like slept for 30 minutes and then like came to Princess and were like, let's go. I, I, I appreciate like, those folks. <laughs> And my best friend was like, do you want to go to Villains After Hours? And I was like, yes, but no. (laughs) Yay, but no. Yay, but no on that one. And then Um, I was very grateful when it was like sideways wins and like, I was like, no, we're good. We're good. (laughs) So, so it seems like a lot, it seems like a lot of those elements that make the Villains After Hours party so cool, and sadly we didn't get most of those this year, were elements that actually sort of had their genesis with this race, because based sure, on yeah. runner feedback from seven to eight, and based on just reading folks' blog reports and watching videos, Disney really leveled up their experience in 2008, creating lots of different photo opportunities. Some of the coolest ones were with the Happy Haunts and the Hitchhiking Ghosts from Haunted mansion there was a warm-up session ahead of the race led by a bellhop which was pretty cool I love Uh, that and they really brought out a whole bunch of different Disney villains everything from like Darth Vader to lots of Huggin' Bear which I thought was like a really interesting choice he was like hanging out at the end of uh at the end of Hollywood Boulevard in one of the videos that I was watching I was like wait a minute like interesting choice for villain yeah and we're definitely still seeing some of that like I know like wine and dine being canceled like it was a villains themed race and people were really excited to see like what you know what they were going to do and who was going to be out and I think with the cancellation of Tower of Terror they realized that they that people loved these villains and over the years we've seen more and more villains appear on the Disney race courses like I have pictures with Maleficent. I have a bunch of villain pictures from Princess this year. That was like all of the the villains for like the races themes were out except for Moana because I don't know that they really could do anything with the crab. But yeah, that would be yeah. This isn't that the guy from Flight of the Concords. I think the it guy is. That voices the crab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I have to think about that one. I just, I, I think now I hear that shiny song in my head. Okay. But, but, but we're, but we're yeah, back but in so action. Like, so like you had Pocahontas and uh, Radcliffe and you had like Cinderella and Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters were out. And then like the villain from Mulan, Shan mm-hmm. Yu, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He and Jafar were both out on the half course and I, he is terrifying. I he is absolutely I horrifying. I totally see that. I'm like, I'm glad. Mulan he's the one that sort of, he's, he kind of looks like, um, uh, he has like a, a the costume is, is very, uh, sort of wintry. It's like, he's got a really yeah. severe set of features and like a big blue overcoat and a hat, a helmet. Yeah. Okay. That's who that was. Cause yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah. I was like, like yeah, I would I have nightmares it... without him. <laughs> guess, guess which photo opportunity we're not stopping for. Oh, I definitely <laughs> stopped for it. Cause I was like, this is really freaking cool. But I also was like, you're horrifying. I'm glad Mulan saved China from you because you're terrifying. <laughs> like, holy crap. Oh, these these character experiences are going to be so much fun with Yam. I just know it. I, awesome. I just you wait. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> Mary's going to be like, uh, being like, come on, I want to go to Galaxy's Edge. And I'm still having like a 10-minute conversation with Olaf. Like, hey, yeah, buddy. just like. Yeah, you're like, okay, so I get that you like the snowman, but there's galaxies to be fought over and star speeders to ride, so let's go. And then um, Mary's going to see Chewbacca, and then it's all going to go out the and window. Then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then you're going to be waiting for me being like, can you just let the let the Wookiee win, okay, seriously? Let the Wookiee and just... go. Just let him go. <laughs> Ah, well, so speaking of cool stuff, so this race kind of chugged along 2007, 2008, 2009, um, never seemed to draw quite the same number of larger, of you know, larger participation that some similar events did during that time. But again, sort of you're in the Halloween season, you're in wine and dine festival sort of, but it's a tough time of year for people who are working or maybe have kids, right? So it, I, everything that I got from this when looking at the awards list and, and who was there, it's a lot of local folks. Right, like, and this was sort of the local favorite event. So, in 2010, it goes on pause uh, while there's some changes made to the endurance series, but it comes back in 2012 as a rebooted 10 miler. So, keep in mind that when it started in 2007, it had uh, just about 3,500 participants that first year, there were almost 13,000 when it comes back in 2012, yeah. which is really, really interesting. And it also like sort of shows you where we were in terms of the running boom at that point yeah, in time. For sure. And I feel like 13K is an odd distance to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, why am I going to do a 13K? Why am I going to run 8.2 miles? Like 8.2 miles would really drive me nuts on my Garmin if I looked down and was like, oh, I'm at 8.2 <laughs> miles. Like what, what does yeah. that mean? Like, what is that good for? This like means I'm going up for another two miles. Yeah. Yeah, 10 miler. And then you had the family 5K fun run in the morning, which was on the trails in Wide World of Sports. So if you really wanted to, you could have run a half marathon in a day. Yeah, you totally could. And that was actually one of the coolest things in the evolution of this particular event. Um, some pieces of the original course, like, for example, that trail that the Happy Haunts 5K was on was actually mm-hmm. part of the original uh, 13K course in wide world of sports so they took that made that a standalone event then they had the kids races and like you said if you lined up to race at night and i believe that start time was actually 10 p.m for the 10 miler um Mm -hmm. and that finish line party i think went till 3 a.m 
Yeah, so that I was a real late night event. And again, leveled up in terms of character experiences. I thought it was really awesome that the post-race award ceremony was in front of the sorcerer's hat. Like how cool are those awards photos? Seriously. Oh, I'm sure that's so neat. And, uh, and they added to the list of events, that, or, sorry, attractions that you could participate in over the course of the evening. Toy Story Midway Mania was a fan favorite. People love the fact that you could just walk on, which at that point in time, that was one of those ones where you had like a two or two and a half hour wait to ride at it once. It was the one when like we had paper fast passes that you ran to. When the, park, <laughs> when the park opened, you ran to Toy Story to get your paper fast pass. Because I remember, because we did it. Well, that that idea that was like, yeah, we're not doing standby, right? Like, that's it. We have to get to yeah. the fast pass before everybody. And everybody had that, like, one kiosk somewhere that was, like, a little out of the way that they were running, willing to run a little further to, to get that fast pass. Yeah. When Radiator Springs Racers opened in Disneyland, they put the fast pass kiosk. So Radiator Springs is in the back of California Adventure like uh-huh. as far from the egg in, entrance and exit as as you can go, they put the fast pass kiosk in the front, so you didn't have to go very. Far. You literally just had to walk into California Adventure to get your fast pass for Radiator Springs Racers because it was so popular. And the first time we went, we got there like not park opening, but like a little after because I was with my parents and they're not park opening people. <laughs> they have to be a little, my dad has to be a little more convinced, but we got there at like maybe 1030 after like a 10 o'clock, nine or 10 o'clock opening. And our fast pass was for 10, 15 PM. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. And then Toy Story Midway Mania was like that at the beginning. It was like everybody ran their ass to, to Toy Story and you got that fast pass, and it was for five hours after you got it. And you just had to be like, cool, so can't get any more fast passes. So now we got five hours to kill. So now we're going to go sit. Yeah, now we're going to go. Uh, so now we're, we're going to go, go like, stand in line for something else. or. But we got that fast pass for five hours from now, so we're so good. We're, we're good. <laughs> I think the fast pass system is something we can agree was an improvement. <laughs> yes, even for all of its foibles, absolutely. So, so this rebooted uh, Tower of Terror, Ten Miler comes back, like I said, in 2012. One of the things that people talk very fondly of, and I know this came up in our interview with Danny, uh, mm-hmm. was sort of the evolution of the medals. And so 2012 was the first glow-in-the-dark medal that Disney does that carries through for all three years of the event. So it's 2012, 2013, 2014, before the event goes dark again in 2015, sadly. So it's- Making me wish I had become a runner sooner. (laughs) I hear you. Or Well, it's it's interesting because it's like, I did the, the half in 2007. I did Goofy's Challenge for the first time in 2010. And then I did- dopey challenge in 2018 so i was like i remember seeing the ads for it i remember it just being in the ether um but it, professionally i wasn't in a place where i could be like yep you know what i'm just gonna go for a weekend and i, cause I was working a lot of retail at that point in time and like i'm gonna go fly down to florida and go do this and it just didn't quite work out i remember the ads really distinctly i was like yeah no i, I don't think we can you know i it never occurred to me that it would actually not be there so so this is one of those ones where all of the details, all of the planning and everything really comes to a, um, a super great product, right? It's, they, you know, they take customer feedback and they 
create this event that evolves into a second event with a really price friendly price point. Just saying, by the way, um, yeah, in 2007. And I know that it did evolve into a higher price point from its initial $65 offering, but you know. But That's, still, every think, time every time I hit register, I like die a little bit inside. <laughs> Especially when I like, dopey one, I was like, "Damn, that's two thirds of my rent right there!" Like, yeah, I just they're rocked in the dopey. Is <laughs> this, yep, this is what's happening right now. But you know, it's an investment. It's an investment. It is an in investment. Yeah, <laughs> and you and you train for it, and you do it because you're like, I just spent two thirds of my rent on a race registration. I'm so, gonna I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna, I'm do gonna it. get. Yeah, we're going to have all of the character photos. So, so yeah, so sadly, there's not a lot of information available as to why this race goes dark after 2014. Um, I think it's, you've got a lot of shifting sands in terms of construction projects that are going on that start to kick off sort of in the, the late teens and the early aughts that probably affect the courses. Again, one of the things that changes pretty significantly from the 13K to the 10 miler is that there's even more time devoted to Osceola Parkway and less time in the parks uh, yeah. so that could have led to declining participation but i have to say like including if, if a you're... super fun wide world of sports loop yeah so there we go wide world of sports loop <laughs> it's there we're going to use it one way or the <laughs> other right uh this actually was really cool one of the photo opportunities that was on the track were the the hitchhiking ghosts and some of the grave diggers from haunted mansion i've seen the grave diggers out they were in the Animal Kingdom parking lot the year I did Dopey. And I didn't stop for it, and I probably should have. But I was feeling, like, a little sick and, like, taking pretzels from strangers at that point in the race. So I was like, well, just, like, we should probably just keep moving. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should just, yeah, at this point, maybe not. Maybe if if they sort of look like they're decaying, maybe I'm not going to stop. Yeah, like, like, you know. this is not the best thing for me right now. <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool to see this, like, course... It was cool to look at all of this and see, like, I think what we're going to find in doing these, like, brilliant but canceled races is that a lot of the shifts that we see in courses or cancellations in courses is because of construction. Right? Disney's, mm -hmm. like, you know, dedicated to constantly evolving and constantly improving. That's just what Disney does. So it was cool, to, interesting and sad and cool to see, like, mm -hmm. how much of this from even 2007 to 2014 like how much of this course and the things involved in this race don't exist anymore you mm -hmm. know you don't mm -hmm. have the lights motor action stunt show you don't have the backlot tour the 10 miler course looped through the stadium and through the the backlot tour and you know through parts of the studios that don't exist bib pickup was at pleasure island doesn't exist oh my anymore. gosh wow yeah that 2007 big pick pickup was at treasure at pleasure island Oh my God, we went to the Adventurers Club that year. Oh my gosh, I remember <laughs> that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah downtown. I still call it downtown Disney. Disney Springs <laughs> sounds too fancy for me. I'm like, nah, do downtown Disney. This is fine. Uh, well, can we agree that Pleasure Island sounded like something that probably shouldn't be in Disney World? Like, can we yes, just agree absolutely. on that? Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's probably why they did that. Yeah, and that's, I think that's why they took I think, well, I think it was supposed to be the like adult section of, of downtown Disney, but like, not in that way but in the like nightclub way and that was so interesting because like you could go i remember going i was 13 and we um we went into a comedy club and kids could go into comedy clubs like with their parents so i was 
I was 13. And so that was when my brother was 11. And I don't think anybody would get away with letting a 13 year old in a comedy club now. I, and I remember watching the comedian sort of visibly blanch as he realized that like one row in from the front were like children. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, my, his act's about like, to get a lot different. My like main goal after turning 21 was to go to jelly rolls on the boardwalk. I was like, I'm finally old enough to get into jelly rolls. I still haven't been, but I was like, <laughs> I'm now finally old enough to get into jelly rolls. So this, this one of these next trips I'm going, it's going to happen. There you go. You promised um, yourself. It's definitely I promised happened. myself that I'm going to Jelly Rolls and it's going to happen. I'm going to hear the <laughs> Julian Can. It's such a, like, such a nerdy thing to do. Like, I'm like, I don't want to go to the nightclub or drink around the world. I want to go to Jelly Rolls and hear the, hear the Julian Pianos. That's Well, but I mean, that's such a nice setting, though, because when you get tired of the Julian Pianos, you just go sit on the boardwalk and then you're on the boardwalk. And that's one of those spaces that I just absolutely love there because you can just sit and people watch in a really relaxed way. Yeah, and if there's sure. performers out, I, I remember one time we sat and we watched somebody that juggled fire out on the boardwalk you know I was like and I think it was yeah. somebody that swallowed swords but I might be wrong about yeah. that I've seen some magicians I've stopped for movie nights one night they were watching Tower of Terror if oh, you haven't cool. seen if you haven't seen the 90s Tower of Terror you have to watch it <laughs> I think it's on YouTube I think that's where I've watched it it's this it's the family that they use in the scene in the library the same actors but the story has obviously been greatly expanded and it's such a good movie it is so good and it's so corny but it's so good and i highly suggest i have a whole list of halloween movies that you should watch and that is on them that is that is as it should be with anything tower of terror related so just to kind of put a button on this, one of the things that I thought was super cool in terms of fun facts, and I know, Emily, you did a little digging in on this as well. For folks who were at check-in or at sort of like bag drop going into either of these races, starting with the 13K and then with the 10-miler, you could sign the guest register. The hotel guest register. I love that. It's one of those things, like, I always wanted to spend an hour just in the lobby walking around because I know that there's lots of details in the lobby of Tower of Terror that you actually can't see from where you are in the queue. And, and I, if you go in via fast pass, you just blow right through that lobby. You know, and, and there's just like, there's so many interesting details. There's props from almost every single one of the original episodes of The Twilight Zone. So the glasses that sit on the hotel register are the glasses, so purportedly the glasses that Burgess Meredith wore in Time Enough at Last, which is an episode about a man who just wants to be left alone to read. Like he really just wants to be left alone to read. And then the apocalypse I happens. Yes, I totally, I do too. I understand. And, and the apocalypse happens and he like takes shelter in a library and he's thinking, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Now I have all these books that I can read and nobody to bother me. And he's sort of safe from whatever has caused the apocalypse. And then he breaks his glasses. Sad. So sad. But yeah, so I just, I, I, I just, the hotel register just, and I think about Disney props and themes in, especially in place setting, like that, that guest register, I would just love to sit and look at it because I know that there's probably a million little details that the Imagineers put in there knowing that probably nobody was ever going to see them. 
Yeah. That's like, um, love, that's one you... of the reasons I love Tower of Terror in general. I just think the attention to detail in Tower of Terror is so incredible. Like from that first lobby and like, even from like the overgrown bushes in, you know, outside to like mm-hmm. the lobby. And then even that last, like when you're finally done dropping or doing whatever and you back up and turn around to like open the doors, like all of the props that are in that little like boiler room type mm-hmm. situation when you back up into like such incredible there's a hidden mickey in the video in the library if you oh catch. see i didn't even i didn't know that yeah, i was so busy looking at all of the props that are along the soffit you know that are next to the tv because those are all part because i was trying to figure out like how many i could identify from all of the different shows. The, yeah and so in the video the little girl in the elevator is holding a mickey doll oh yeah. nicely done yeah there's some cool, and I, it's one of my, like, it's my favorite ride. Like, it's hands down my favorite ride, I think, because of its incredible attention to detail. And I'm, like, still a little heartbroken about the Disneyland version. That's for another show, my friend. It is for another show. <laughs> Did you, I mean, um, I haven't been on it yet. I haven't been on Mission Breakout, and I do like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I would die for Baby Groot, however... I'm like there is something about the original that like the Disneyland one isn't wasn't ever as good as the Disney World one but it's still there's something about it that I was like oh so I heard this recently on a podcast and I'm pretty sure it was Disneyland for designers um really like uh, I like Mark Brickey and he has a a sort of regular co-host named Philander Butler, who's awesome. Pretty sure this is where I heard this story. But so at the back of the lobby of the Tower Hotel in Florida, there's a writing desk. Mm -hmm. And at the writing desk, there's all kinds of ephemera. It's like old stamps and letters and whatnot, right? But that's all you can see from the queue. If you look really closely, that's maybe what you can see. But if you are on a tour or if you're on a special event where you're allowed to kind of roam around the lobby, what you'll find at the writing desk is a postcard that was being written to uh, a family member from somebody staying at the hotel that ends very abruptly. And it's the language is, uh, you know, I'm having a great time here at the hotel and it talks about like how wonderful the hotel is. And then there's a, like a splotch and a scratch, like somebody's handwriting was just interrupted quickly. And the Imagineers designed it to be that somebody was writing the postcard when lightning hit the hotel and they never finished the postcard. And I just, I thought that was so unbelievable in terms of attention to detail that that would just be there setting the place and the theme and hardly anybody was ever going to see it. But I, I think that's one of my favorite like Imagineering details that I've heard so far. That's so cool. I always love too that like, so the front of the building, like if you don't, you don't know and you haven't seen the video in the, in the library, the front elevator shaft of the building, that entire, like, I don't um, know, that whole column, elevator shaft. That's, yeah. that's, that's the word is missing from the hotel. Like when the lightning strikes, an entire chunk of the building disappears, which is which why, is why the, have all that, the elevator looks, shaft can see outside, which I yeah. think is so cool. You can see where it looks like the, like the elevator shaft was like ripped off the building and that there's like an entire piece of the building missing. I love this ride so much, if you cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is always, it is always a must-do at the studios. And I, 
I understand the place that the holiday overlay has with this sort of like projection mapping in the overlay, but I always feel like people get robbed of the experience of walking down Sunset Boulevard when you see that, because the sign has, the neon on the sign has a different pattern that it blinks. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and it's very distinct. And the the black light that they use and the projection mapping just normally on the tower is so phenomenal that I feel like if you show up in January and you've still got the holiday one with candy canes and whatever else it yeah, is, and I it's very festive and fun. One. It's really, if you really love the Tower of Terror, it's sort of a letdown because you're looking at it going, this isn't how this is supposed to look. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> when that, a couple years ago we were there for like new year's and there were these like top they were giving out these top hats that said like happy new year 2015 16 i don't remember mm-hmm. the year i have a picture of it somewhere but it was like a black like plastic hat with like a red mickey that said like happy new year we got them at we like went to dinner at wilderness lodge and then like watched the fireworks from from there mm-hmm. but my friend at the time was a bellhop and she was like I have had to shut the ride down like eight times to go get the damn top hat off the track. People don't <laughs> take it off when I tell them to. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, I'm just going to spend this whole time picking this hat up. Yeah, because people are still wearing it and the ride drops and the hat goes. And then you're like, now I got to shut the whole ride down and find where this hat went. And she's like, <laughs> I picked like eight of them up off the track. And I was like, that's awful. That was like Sorry New Year's Eve. That. I was like, oh, nope. And that, I wouldn't go into the park on New Year's Eve. I would, you wouldn't catch my claustrophobic self ever in any of the parks on New Year's Eve. No, <laughs> like, I think, like, I let think alone they, having you know, to deal with the people that come to the park on New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, nope, 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 nope. Well, she, uh, she was, uh, she was, she was making magic happen for folks that night, right? She's that a better was... person than I am, is really <laughs> what it comes down to. <laughs> I would have been so... like, if you are going to disrespect the hat, you're not going to get a hat. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love this just like laying down the line on plastic hats. Like, that's, like yeah, no, just... like, you disrespected the hat, you don't get another hat. <laughs> you lost your hat on Tower of Terror, sucks for you. You don't get another one. <laughs> Uh, Emily's rules for life. I love them. So <laughs> I'm going to be the worst in my, parent. <laughs> no, or the greatest one. Either or way. the greatest one. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so with all of those fun facts in mind, was there anything else that popped up for you in, in looking into the research on this that you just thought was super cool? Just a lot of jealousy. <laughs> just really? why did I, why did I start running so late? Why am I not older than I am? Why was I not born sooner? Dang it. It it is a like a course of my dreams, like the old course. Like I would have loved, love, love, loved to have like spent a solid mile or two running through the back lot and through all of that because that was like my favorite parts of the studios way back when. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I was full. I just was filled with a lot of jealousy. I think that's what we'll find as we continue to do these like I guess brilliant, we this brilliant canceled series. Well, you never know. Maybe people listening out there will will use this as a you know sort of a jumping off point for what other races or events. How could we reimagine racing when we get back to it? Yeah, and it was definitely a jumping off point for wine and dine. First few wine and dines were nighttime races with like an after park party for at food and wine in Epcot, mm-hmm. and then like one year they ran into like a really bad storm. And mm-hmm. it cut the race down to like seven miles. Oh wow, that's pretty significant. 
Yeah, it was like like tables blown over, like not not good. And I think that was the last year that they did it at night, and then they moved it to morning, like all the others, but still gave people the after party ticket for the evening. So you had like oh, that's interesting. So you you basically had the whole day to relax. Yeah, yeah, you could run, take a nap, and then drink. All of these sound like good things. Like I really yeah. can't can't complain on any of these. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully to next year's wine and dine. I fear that it'll go back to overlapping the New York City Marathon and I'll have that tough choice to make about whether I want to be here for my favorite race or down in Disney. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> Indeed, my friend. Indeed, we will. So, dear listeners, uh, we hope you enjoyed our show today. Uh, We're excited to be bringing you fresh episodes each week. This week, we were a little delayed because of some travel, but we're back in action next week. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you dig this episode, yes, exactly. And if you dig this episode and what we're doing, uh, we'd encourage you to leave us a positive review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, because that helps us become more visible and get to more listeners just like you. Yay! Thank you for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online at EarfulRunner.com or at EarfulRunner on Facebook and Instagram. Our DMs are always open. We love to talk to you. Tell us about your favorite races that were brilliant and canceled. Especially races that we may not have heard of. There are definitely some international races that we haven't heard about. So hit us up. We'd love to talk. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. See you real soon.